Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Bible Reading Podcast, episode number 180. Today's big Bible question, who is the light of the world? So happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you to all of those who go to our website regularly. That's BibleReadingPodcast.com, all one word, BibleReadingPodcast.com. We've got uh, show notes and basically a transcript for every podcast episode so far. That adds up to almost 320,000 words that you can find on the BibleReadingPodcast.com site. John went there and left a comment for us recently and said, uh, As always, I enjoyed today's podcast, shared it on my Facebook page. I also added the advisory that today's podcast was for the more mature Christian, as it is from Deuteronomy and contains curses from the Lord upon the young nation of Israel for disobedience. John, you're right. Did it ever. That was uh, hard to read, hard to think about and really made us aware of the holiness of God. He continues, I also enjoy the descriptive language of Brother Charles Spurgeon. I refer to all Christians as brother or sister, because in Christ we are family. Amen to that, brother. Thank you for your comment, John. It's great to hear from you, as always. Speaking of John, we've got a comment from new listener Amy, and she says, Hi, John. I've been listening and really enjoying this podcast since the COVID-19 outbreak. I think you do a great job of digging into the scriptures and have great insight into the weird and strange passages that have pondered me. Also, I wanted to encourage you to still do the voices. They make it fun. I can see staying clear of God and Jesus' voices, as you mentioned in today's podcast. And she closes by saying, praying for you to be strengthened and encouraged as you bless others with the awesome word of God. Well, thank you, Amy. That is a wonderfully encouraging comment. I appreciate it very much. Uh, John's letter started off Pastor Thompson and Amy's started off Hi, John. Well, those are great names and everything, but most people just call me Chase. Just to let you know, I realize I don't say my name all the time, but you could just call me Chase, just straight up Chase, C-H-A-S-E. So thank you, John and Amy. Today's Bible readings include Deuteronomy 30, Psalm 119, 73 through 96. We're still working our way through that long chapter. Isaiah 57 and Matthew chapter 5. Now, I told you yesterday that Isaiah 57 was one of my favorite chapters, and it's a fine chapter in the Bible, but it shows what I know. I actually meant Isaiah 58, which we will jump into tomorrow. So that means that today we are in the Sermon on the Mount and Matthew chapter 5 as our focus passage. So let's go read it together. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. 
You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Don't think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. You've heard it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So if you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on your way with him to the court or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out of there until you've paid the last penny. You've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery, but I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a written notice of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife, except in a case of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, You have heard that it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oaths to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven because it is God's throne or by the earth because it is his footstool or by Jerusalem because it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head because you cannot make a single hair white or black, but let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks you and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So if you ask the average Christian who is the light of the world, and they probably are going to give you the ultimate Sunday school answer, which is Jesus. And they'd be right, sort of. So Luke 2, 29-32, Simeon is prophesying, and he says this, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you've promised, 
For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles in glory to your people Israel. Jesus in John 8, 12 confirms that. He says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. He says it again in John 12, 46, I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me would not remain in the darkness. So Jesus is part of the answer of the question. He is the light of the world. But did you notice that Jesus himself answered our big Bible question of the day differently in Matthew 5, 14, where he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Well, so who is the light of the world? We are, or at least we are too. We are the people of Jesus. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he was the light of the world. Now it appears that his people, the body of Christ, are the light of the world. Well, what does this mean exactly? Well, let's look through the Bible and find out, beginning with Isaiah 58, which is the passage we're going to read tomorrow and focus on. Verses 7 and 8 say this, Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him, and not to ignore your own flesh and blood? Then your light will appear like the dawn. And your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. So Isaiah is showing us, God speaking through Isaiah is showing us that we will shine like lights when we minister to the poor, the needy, the oppressed. We invite them in. We take care of their needs, the least of these. Now, So that's apparently part of being the light of the world. But there's more. We can get another hint about shining from one that Jesus himself called a light, John the Baptist. Jesus in John 5, 35 said, John was a burning and shining lamp and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. So how was John a burning and shining lamp? Well, I think it's by his testimony and his message that he was a forerunner that prepared people to hear the message of Jesus and that pointed people towards Jesus. What did he say when he saw Jesus? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, I also think 2 Peter 1.19 gives us some clues, some hints as to how we are to be lights in this world. And where it says, we also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. So John was a light because he proclaimed the coming of the Messiah and repentance. Peter compares the word of God to a lamp. And so I think we're getting somewhere learning what it means to be a light. But Luke 11 is going to take us in a slightly different but still related direction. Jesus says, Luke eleven thirty three, No one lights a lamp and puts it in the cellar or under a basket, but on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when it's bad, your body is also full of darkness. Take care then that the light in you is not darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light with no part of it in darkness, it will be entirely illuminated as when a light shines, a lamp shines its light on you. That's interesting. One more. We get to Philippians 2, 15, 14 to 15, where Paul says, 
Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. Well, Jesus is the first and ultimate light. John the Baptist shined brightly by testifying about Jesus, pointing people to Jesus, and preparing the way for his coming. Jesus teaches us that we will shine by our good works in Matthew 5 and by our holiness in Luke 11, which Paul also points us to in Philippians because we're going to shine like stars when we're not arguing and complaining. Isaiah agrees with all of this, but he specifically also points out God's promise that we will be lights when we love and serve the least of these, the poor, the hungry, the needy, the stranger, the foreigner, etc., Finally, Peter indicates that the word of God is itself a light. Well, putting all it all together, it would seem that we are the light of the world when we point to Jesus and when we proclaim his word with good deeds, with least of these care, with holiness, not complaining, but shining the light and love of Jesus. So who is the light of the world? You are. I am. Where does the power for your light and my light come from? Well, let's go back to the Sunday school answer. Jesus, 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, Now we have this treasure in clay jars so that, the, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. So we don't power the lights. God does. We're just the clay jars that lets it shine out. Colossians 1, 27, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. The light of Christ, the hope of glory, radiates out from us, and therefore we are the light of the world, empowered by God to shine. Amen. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 1. When all these things happen to you, the blessings and curses I have set before you, and you come to your senses while you are in all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you, and you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and all your soul by doing everything I am commanding you today, then he will restore your fortunes, have compassion on you, and gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. Even if your exiles are at the farthest horizon, he will gather you and bring you back from there. The Lord your God will bring you into the land your ancestors possessed, and you will take possession of it. He will cause you to prosper and multiply you more than he did your ancestors. The Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the hearts of your descendants, and you will love him with all your heart and with all your soul so that you will live. The Lord your God will put these curses, all these curses, on your enemies who hate and persecute you. Then you will again obey him and follow all his commands. I am commanding you today. The Lord your God will make you prosper abundantly in all the work of your hands, your offspring, the offspring of your livestock, and the produce of your land. Indeed, the Lord will again delight in your prosperity as he delighted in that of your ancestors When you obey the Lord your God by keeping his commands and statutes that are written in this book of the law and return to him with all your heart and with all your soul. This command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. It is not in heaven so that you have to ask who will go up to heaven, get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. And it is not across the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea, get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. But the message is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, so that you may follow it. See, 
Today, I have set before you life and prosperity, death and adversity. For I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commands, statutes, and ordinances, so that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God may bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you do not listen, and you are led astray to bow and worship to other gods and serve them, I tell you today that you will certainly perish." and will not prolong your days in the land you are entering to possess across the Jordan. I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live. Love the Lord your God, obey him, and remain faithful to him, for he is your life, and he will prolong your days as you live in the land the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Psalm 119, verses 73 through 96. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding so that I can learn your commands. Those who fear you will see me and rejoice, for I put my hope in your word. I know, Lord, that your judgments are just and that you have afflicted me fairly. May your faithful love comfort me as you promised your servant. May your compassion come to me so that I may live, for your instruction is my delight. Let the arrogant be put to shame for slandering me with lies. I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you, those who know your decrees, turn to me. May my heart be blameless regarding your statutes so that I will not be put to shame. I long for your salvation. I put my hope in your word. My eyes grow weary looking for what you have promised. I ask, when will you comfort me? Though I have become like a wineskin dried by smoke, I do not forget your statutes. How many days must your servant wait? When will you execute judgment on my persecutors? The arrogant have dug pits for me. They violate your instruction. All your commands are true. People persecute me with lies. Help me. They almost ended my life on earth, but I did not abandon your precepts. Give me life in accordance with your faithful love, and I will obey the decree you have spoken. Lord, Your word is forever. It is firmly fixed in heaven. Your faithfulness is for all generations. You establish the earth and it stands firm. Your judgments stand firm today. For all things are your servants. If your instruction had not been my delight, I would have died in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for you have given me life through them. I am yours. Save me, for I have studied your precepts. The wicked hope to destroy me, but I contemplate your decrees. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your command is without limit. Isaiah 57 verse 1. The righteous person perishes and no one takes it to heart. The faithful are taken away with no one realizing that the righteous person is taken away because of evil. He will enter into peace. They will rest on their beds, everyone who lives uprightly. But come here, you witches' sons, offspring of an adulterer and a prostitute. Who are you mocking? Who are you opening your mouth and sticking your tongue out at? Isn't it you, you rebellious children, you offspring of liars, who burn with lust among the oaks under every green tree, who slaughter children in the wadis below the clefts of the rocks? Your portion is among the smooth stones of the wadi. Indeed, they are your lot. You have even poured out a drink offering to them. You've offered a grain offering. Should I be satisfied with these? You've placed your bed on a high and lofty mountain. You also went up there to offer sacrifice. You've set up your memorial behind the door and doorpost. Far, for away from me, you stripped, went up and made your bed wide. And you have made a bargain for yourself with them. You have loved their bed. You've gazed on their genitals. You went to the king with oil and multiplied your perfumes. 
You sent your envoys far away and sent them down even to Shale. You became weary on your many journeys, but you did not say it's hopeless. You found a renewal of your strength, therefore you did not grow weak. Who was it you dreaded and feared so that you lied and didn't remember me or take it to heart? I have kept silent for a long time, haven't I? So you do not fear me. I will announce your righteousness and your works. They will not profit you. When you cry out, let your collection of idols rescue you. The wind will carry all of them off. A breath will take them away. But whoever takes refuge in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. He said, build it up, build it up, prepare the way. Remove every obstacle from my people's way. For the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, says this, I live in a high and holy place and with the oppressed and lowly of spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the oppressed. For I will not accuse you forever and I will not always be angry. For then the spirit would go grow weak before me, even the breath which I have made. Because of his sinful greed, I was angry, so I struck him. I was angry and hid, but he went on turning back to the desires of his heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and restore comfort to him and his mourners, creating words of praise. The Lord says, Peace, peace to the one who is far or near, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like the storm-tossed sea, for it cannot be still and its water churns up mire and muck. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. Amen. Lord, let us not be numbered among the wicked, but covered in the blood of Jesus, numbered among the righteousness by grace through faith. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.